Guys, my new book, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital, just hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. It's ranking extremely high on Kindle and Audible, and I want to thank you guys for grabbing it. If you haven't bought it yet, here's what James Y. said in an Amazon review on March 8th. He said, literally, a step-by-step blueprint for conquering the world and building your own empire. Five stars. It's a verified purchase. He goes on to say, if you like doing things the hard way, don't read this book. For everyone else who appreciates someone showing you what to do and why it works step-by-step so you can rinse and repeat and accomplish the same results, read this book now in all caps. He then says, pro tip, stock up on highlighters while you're adding this to your Amazon cart, you'll be using them. This book should be required reading for every entrepreneur, startup or founder, business person, and human. Seriously, Nathan isn't in a kind of class that cuts through all the bull crap, he used a different word, to show you what you need to do and how to do it. If success came with an instruction manual, this book would be it. We'll be stocking up and handing these out as Christmas gifts to all my friends and colleagues. If I could give this book a six-star review, I would. From James, James, thank you. All you that listen to the podcast, thank you so much. SaaS founders are loving the book. Go grab an audible version right now at capitalistbook.com. Founded in 2011, uh, Karma CRM. It's a CRM for speakers. They're doing about 30 grand a month in revenue. That's up from 20 grand a month about a year ago. They raised $100,000, currently serving 600 customers, paying about 50 bucks a month. Again, again, mainly speakers. Paying 300 bucks to acquire that customer. Lifetime value is about 1,000 bucks. They stay with them for about 20 months and they've got about 5% logo churn per month. A team of four people based in, uh, spread out really, in different remote locations, uh, looking at and investing in many other projects as well, like e-commerce. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest-growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is JP. He was thrown into business at 18, taking over his father's furniture company and growing it from 100 grand over a million, uh, all before 21 years old. He's been in deep code since he was 15 and is self-proclaimed serial squirrel chaser. He's since founded several SaaS companies. We're going to jump into his current one, Karma CRM today. JP, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. Does Karma CRM do exactly what it sounds like you're playing in the CRM space? That is true. Yep. And pure play SaaS model? Uh, pure play SaaS model. Yeah, we're currently focusing on professional speakers, so more of a niche CRM. Oh, I like that. Still all the time. And what is the, before we kind of dive deeper there into that niche, give me a general sense. What's the average customer paying you per month for the software? Uh, probably about 50 to 100 bucks a month. Okay. And how did you decide on speakers? I mean, obviously, I think in, in niche kind of focuses specific in this space. It's so fragmented, but why speakers? So we found out that we had a pretty healthy segment of our customer base that were speakers. And we kind of realized that the the general CRM market is so saturated that it's hard to kind of compete in that space. So it was a lot easier for us to pick a niche, serve them really well. You know, it puts a face to a customer much more than quote unquote small business. Mm -hmm. And, and what have you, I want to put this on a timeline real quick. So when did you launch the company? What year? So the company was launched seven years ago, 2011. 2011. And what have you scaled to today in terms of total customers? 
Uh, so we are over 600 customers. Okay, that's great. So, I mean, can I take that 600 times a 50 to get your, you know, general MRR per month today is about what, 30 grand? Yeah, yeah, plus okay. or minus. And, and what does growth look like? So if I go back a year in September of 2017, what were you doing in that month? Uh, so we've grown about, I guess, 50% year over year over the past couple of years. That's pretty good. So maybe 20 grand a month, about a year ago, now up to 30 grand a month. Yep. And, and are, you doing, are you doing this all bootstrapped? Uh, we took a small friends and family round of funding, but generally bootstrapped, yeah. Okay. Like, are you, what are you talking, like 100 grand? Yeah. Okay. Very good. And, and what, so it sounds like you've launched several SaaS companies. I mean, why decide a couple of years ago to go into the CRM space? It's extremely crowded, fragmented. Many would say being commoditized. Very difficult challenge you decided to take on. Yeah. So it, uh, it definitely was a challenge. I, I went into it initially seven years ago because I co-founded a web development firm and there was no good CRMs out there. So I tried to get my sales guy to use Salesforce, Pipedrive, not Pipedrive, uh, Pipeline Deals, a couple other ones at the time. And he kept going back to spreadsheets. So as a developer, I'm like, ah, I, I'm going to build this simple tool. You're going to use it. And initially it was just for dog food purposes. And then we kind of turned it into a full scale company. And so what was the key thing you had to develop to actually get your salesperson to use it? Cause that still is a struggle today. Yeah, it was, uh, everything was just a little too complicated at the time. It was, we were selling web development, custom development projects and our, our process process wasn't too complicated. It was just like, are you working with us or are you not? How much are you paying us? We didn't need to have all these bells and whistles and hoops and funnels. We just needed a way to stay in communication with our customers. So I was like, all right, I think I can visualize that. Like I resisted for six months. We paid for a bunch of tools and I'm finally like, okay, you're still using spreadsheets. I'm going to build this thing. And I yeah. built it and we used it on Monday and we grew it from there. That's great. What, um, how many team members are you at today? Just you and the other guy or more? We are at four. Four, four folks and just two co-founders. You and the other one? Uh, actually just me. Just you. Okay. Got it. So the, so maybe your, that, that other gentleman you mentioned was your first employee. Uh, my, well, I had a business partner at a previous firm, but we have a uh, yeah, salesperson and customer support. Okay, very good. And where's everyone based? Uh, one person is based outside of St. Louis and one of them is here in Denver, Colorado. Okay, so good. So kind of remote. And um, walk me through, I mean, this is a cool thing. I mean, we have a lot of developers listen that kind of launch a side project and they launch it, it feels good, but they never actually get revenue going. So how'd you get your first 100 customers? So our first 100 customers actually came from, um, I have a little bit of a background in internet marketing and SEO. So we kind of just got it out there. We, we started blogging before we had a product six months prior. And we got listed in a couple free CRM uh, like roundup posts um, from smallbusinesscrmithink.com. And yeah, we got listed there. And we ended up getting a bunch of paid customers. And I initially thought I was just going to have to you know, prod all my business connections directly to sign up. And we ended up having you know, about 3,000 in MRR when we launched beta which was pretty nice because we had a lot of people that were kind of interested in the, in the pre-product. Mm-hmm. That's very good. So you've scaled to 600 today. Have, have, what's your fully weighted CAC on these customers? Uh, as far as which... What you pay to acquire them. Uh, so it, it varies, very, uh, varies a lot based on if it's organic or if it's not, but our target is about three, 400. Okay. So you're willing to spend up to call it 300 bucks to acquire the customer. That means you got, what, about six months payback if they're paying 50 bucks a month? Yep. That, that's good. And where are you, when you are spending money to acquire them, where are you spending? Is it Facebook ads, Google ads? Where is it? Mostly Google ads. Um, we're starting to do some Facebook too. As you probably know, the CRM space is very crowded and very expensive. So we have to be careful with how we acquire customers. We have a pretty strong organic channel with the speakers because it's more word of mouth. And then we're working on the paid side, which is you know, always a challenge, but we found some good ROI there. So we're kind of refining that as we go. 
Name one angle in your product that speakers just love that they can't find in Salesforce or Pipedrive or any of these other CRMs. I think the, the overarching theme, and it's not necessarily one specific feature, but the language is catered towards speakers. So we, we provide pre-populated email templates that are written to um, service speakers and how speakers sell to associations and things like that. The language in the, in the app, the custom fields, the, instead of deals, it's called gigs. So across the whole system, it's built to reflect the language and the business of the speaker and this flow of the speaker's business as opposed to um, a standard vanilla CRM. Many of us watch these big tech IPOs and you hear about all these millionaires getting created and you go, man, I'd love to invest in startups earlier on, but maybe you don't know where to find deals or maybe you're not a rich accredited investor. Well, my friend Howard Marks has launched a company called Start Engine, which I just invested in at nathanmaca.com forward slash Start Engine. And the reason I like Howard and Start Engine is they're helping anyone raise money and anyone can put money in, meaning your friend can raise to launch their software company and anyone with as little as a hundred bucks can invest in that software company. This is not Kickstarter. You're not pre-buying some product that might or might not get delivered. You're actually investing in the companies. Now you can do this because of new laws and regulations that Start Engine has built themselves around. They've had so many successful campaigns on their platform. I'm now an investor. You can get into other companies now before they IPO without having to have a privileged bank account at Goldman Sachs or work at a firm that gets exclusive deal flow like KKR or somebody else. If you want to invest alongside with me in Start Engine, go to nathanlacka.com forward slash start engine right now. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash S-T-A-R-T-E-N-G-I-N-E. nathanlacka.com forward slash start engine. Churn is critical. And I know speakers come and go like the wind. So what's your churn today and how do you manage it? Uh, churn is definitely an issue. I think in any small business product, when you're, when you're catering to the $50 people, you're not selling a $2,000 enterprise contract you do get higher churn and some of it is just from people going out of business. So one of our our pursuits in the coming quarters is to actually help our customers grow more directly. And that might mean providing some basic internet marketing services or consulting on how to basically just get from zero to one as far as growing a business goes. What is, what is churn today though? Like what's the 10% a month, 20%? What's the number? uh, 5%. 5%. Okay. I mean, so not horrible, but also not like amazing. Right. It is, yeah. It's hopefully a number that makes it a little difficult to scale rapidly, but it's something that we've seen pretty consistently throughout the course of, of the product. So not something we have any low-hanging fruit on. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you're churning 5% each month, that means each one will stay with you for maybe 20 months. And so what, your lifetime value, you assume is 20 months times 50 bucks, a thousand bucks, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's around, it varies between you know, 1,000, 1,500. Yep. And, and so you said the next places for like for you to grow this thing is you want to add on additional like serve. It sounds like service related products, which obviously margins are way lower on that. And I imagine you would hate having a call a day where you're talking to 20 speakers back to back for 20 minutes of pop doing consulting services. How do you scale that? Sure. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't be me doing it directly, but I think with some intelligent design and just a couple good pointers and maybe some partnerships, we, we're, it's not as much about margin as it is about helping our customers grow. So I think margin is obviously important too. And I think it could be a, you know, an additional product to you know, create negative churn, but it's also to keep them around so that mm-hmm. the next you know, annual subscription comes up and they're like, hey, we're in business, we're thriving, we want to keep going. So on average across your paying customer base, how many gigs are they closing like per quarter or per year? I don't actually have that number in front of me. It does 
vary wildly based on the fact that we have speakers and then we have our other customers who a gig or a deal to that might be some, you know, very different things. Interesting. Um, yeah. What are, do you, do they actually put like gig, uh, Tennessee river association, $5,000. They, they put like those things in the platform. Yep, exactly. So, you know, with, with, if we're talking specifically about speakers, they have a long sales cycle a lot of times. Sometimes it might be like, hey, call us back next year. So our system helps them to put in these gigs and keep it top of mind so that they know I need to reach out at this certain point. You know, fairly standard for a CRM, but um, they'll put in, you know, I think the people that are using the system the best will have a pretty full pipeline with gigs in different stages. One's about to be making a decision, one's already signed a contract. And then once the sale closes, we even integrate with a platform called eSpeakers, which they kind of handle all the post-sale stuff. We do all the pre-sale stuff. Have you published any data on like, I mean, I would love this data, like the average gig price, right? Like depending on season, five grand, a hundred grand, like 10 grand. I mean, you obviously have all that data. You can anonymize it and, and publish it and that would be amazing content. Have you done that? We haven't done that yet, but that's definitely, I think the more we drill into the speaker space, we're still kind of half and half. We still service small business customers and we will continue to. But as we drill more into that niche market and learn more about what's important to them, I think that's some of the exciting stuff we can do is give yeah. them data and say, hey, here's some things you should be, we can suggest to you based on the anonymized data. Yeah. Well, going back high level for a second. So you launched it in 2011. I mean, you've been doing this for seven, eight years. You know, look, props to you. You went through a lot of work, but I mean, you're at 30 grand a month in revenue. I mean, I, I could imagine you're you've tried a bunch of stuff. It can get time. I mean, why not like sell this thing, use your, everything you've learned, start a new, you know, a new concept, a new space where you can maybe have a bigger impact. Sure. That's definitely something that, that, uh, you know, has crossed my mind at one point and kind of my current philosophy is the company more or less runs itself. I kind of am more or less on, you know, on the board of directors for Karma. Uh, we have a team that, you know, more or less can push it forward. So I, I continue to build it as a self-encapsulated unit. And if we end up selling at some point, great. But you know, it can run itself without a huge involvement from me. So mm. everything I do, all the initiatives, you know, don't, if they, if they absolutely require me, they're not going to work. But if I can build a team around it, give them autonomy and empower them, then perfect. Mm -hmm. So what are you spending your free time on? Uh, I have a couple other projects, actually. I have name, a, name a few, company, which is very different, but online e-commerce. And it's been a family run business. My dad started it. So I kind of, again, in similar philosophy there where I'm on the board, I work on it very minimally, but I kind of add all the skills and digital you know, experience I've, I've had to the table. Mm -hmm. And then the newest project is one I'm actually most excited about, and it's called ClickFlow. And what ClickFlow is, is a SEO experimentation tool that allows you to um, basically A-B test your page titles and your page content, but for an SEO purpose. Interesting. Um talking and staying focused on karma. So, I mean, if someone came to you and offered you half a million bucks off cash up front today, would you take a deal like that? Uh, probably not half a million, but I'd definitely, you know, be willing to chat with people about it. You know, it's something yep. that we've always kept on the table and my team is also, you know, working towards getting it, whether or not you sell the company, I think creating the systems and the processes to make it sellable is just good for the infrastructure of the company as is. So everybody's kind of, we're all working towards that goal of getting it cleaned up and getting everything, um, you know, just well organized. Yep. Systematized. Systematized, right. Yeah. Very good. All right. Let's wrap up here, JP, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Favorite business book? Uh, that's top traction. I have to say traction EOS. Yeah, wait, is that, um, you're talking this traction or the other one? 
Uh, the other one, actually. Yeah. I have that one, too. But uh, it's the Entrepreneur Operating System, so it's kind of a framework for running your business. Yep. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Not currently, but I probably should have at least somebody. No, that's okay if you're not. It means, you know, just means you're focused, right? Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business besides your own? Uh, Asana, I'd say, for project management. And number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, solid seven or eight. Okay, that's good. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Married recently, one year. Any kids? No kids. No kids. And how old are you? I am 33. 33. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Honestly, probably take funding for Karma. I think if I, I, at the time I was a builder, I'm I'm a developer. I was like, I can bootstrap this thing. Not a lot of CRMs around. I I decided not to try to pursue funding because I'm like, I could build better tools or I could pursue funding. And had I done that early on, like, you know, kind of the typical rounds, not necessarily a small angel round we took and was able to really add gas to the fire five years ago, I think we could easily be one of the, you know, the common household names and people know about us, but, um, I just wasn't, I didn't have anybody in my corner saying, Hey, you should really think about this. It's worth the six months to learn how to be, you know, to approach VCs and angels. And, you know, I don't regret it because it, I know it's made me who I am today, but I think had I gone back, I'd say, Hey, put the time in. Learn well, you're a, young, you're a young guy. You still have time. Guys, there you have from JP, founded in 2011. Uh, Karma CRM, it's a CRM for speakers. They're doing about 30 grand a month in revenue. That's up from 20 grand a month about a year ago. They raised $100,000, currently serving 600 customers, paying about 50 bucks a month. Again, again, mainly speakers. Paying 300 bucks to acquire that customer. A lifetime value is about 1,000 bucks. They stay with them for about 20 months and they've got about 5% logo churn per month. A team of four people based in, uh, spread out really, in different remote locations. Uh, looking at and investing in many other projects as well, like e-commerce. JP, thank you for taking us to the top. Absolutely. Thank you.